You're listening to another life-transforming message from Awakened Church with campuses in San Diego and Salt Lake City. To find out more about us, go to awakenedchurch.com. I want to get into this message that I'm going to call Unleash Your Light. Unleash Your Light. There we go. It's always fun when you're the preacher, you look behind you for the first time to see what the graphic looks like. I just hope they nailed it. Unleash your light. When I think about that, it reminds me of an old school song. I don't know if um, I don't know if uh, any of you guys grew up in church, like old school church, like brand new Christian church, right? If you did, I'm going to need a little bit of help with this because otherwise it's going to get real awkward. But um, it reminds me of a song, right? When you think of you know, unleash your light, you think of one old school Christian kids church song, okay? And it requires some sing-along participation, okay? And when you, this represents not my finger in this song, right? This is a candle, okay? So I'm gonna need some help here. I don't know if you ever heard this song, but this little light of mine, I'm gonna let it shine, okay? This little light of mine, I'm gonna let it, let's pick it up. This little light of mine, I'm gonna let it shine. Okay. Okay. We got the choir here. I I sang that with our San Marcos canvas. They did not sound good. I'm gonna be honest. I'm gonna be honest. But we gotta do at least one of the verses, right? Hide it under a bushel. No. I'm gonna let it. Oh, I got two lights now. Hide it under a bushel. No. I'm gonna let it shine, hide it under a bushel. No, I'm gonna let it shine, let it shine. There it is. All right, give yourselves a big round of applause. Dang. All right, I was just trying to figure out who's been in in church longest. Okay. Uh, that, that's one of the iconic songs sort of growing up in like an old school sort of kids church deal because it speaks to one of the most important principles that God gives us in Matthew chapter 5, starting verse 13. It says, you are the light of the world. It says, Jesus speaking to us, beginning to shape the DNA of the church and who we are and what we do in the culture of the church that God has called us to build. He says, you're the light of the world, a town built on a hill that cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before men, before others, that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. Man, I love this. This is such a powerful verse that God has spoken into us, that God has laid out for us. And it's interesting because a lot of times, if someone maybe instinctively say, man, who's the light of the world? You think Jesus, Jesus is the light of the world. And he is the light of the world. He is the source of that light. But then he delegates that light to you and me. Right? So you and me have delegated light. You and me have been commissioned. We are now the light of the world. We're a city on a hill that can't be hidden. Now, I love this concept because, you know, in, in old school sort of traveling days, you didn't have GPS. This was before Apple Maps, before Waze, uh, before, you know, 
Garmin GPSs before physical maps, you know? Um, who has never used, I guess now I'm asking how old are we? Uh, who has never used a physical map to get somewhere? You've never used a physical map. All right, there we go, there we go. That's cool, it'd be fun to see you try, it'd be fun. <laughs> it'd be fun to see you try, wouldn't it? Oh God! You know, this is, that's maybe when you had to like pull over. You pulled over to check the map if you didn't have a good, solid, you know, ro roadie with you or road, road dog. I don't know. Not roadie. I don't recommend driving with roadies. I mean, unless maybe, yeah, yeah, that's your past, y'all. Unless Salt Lake allows that. That may be different here. I don't know. Um, so... Before all of the, the mapping ability that we have, right, when you're trying to get back home, you're going to build a city on top of a hill. It's, it's a military advantage, and also it's a directional advantage to be able to see a city from a distance, to be able to guide you home. And Jesus has set you and me up, the believers, the body of Christ, his church, as a city elevated on a hill so that people can find their way home to Jesus, so people can find their way back to his presence, amen? He set us up that way. He designed the church to be that. Amen? Come on. There we go. All right. Somebody. <laughs> I love how God designed us that way. We are the guidepost. We are the GPS for a lost and confused world. We need to unleash the light that God has put inside us as a church. Right? We are the church individually. We are the church as a body, collectively. And God has sent us into the world to be the light of the world. Right? And the enemy is going to do everything he can to confuse. Right? To, to misdirect. He's going to do everything he can to get people lost, to get people off course, to get people chasing all kinds of things and to miss it to miss the moment, to miss the cross, to miss our Savior. He's going to do everything he can to throw all kinds of things at us, to get us lost and misdirected, but that's why he sent the church. That's why he sent you and me. We are the light. We are the guide. We are directing people. The, the world is in desperate need of this life, in desperate need of the life that comes from Jesus Christ. We, the, the world is in darkness. You know, when, when you're trying to walk around your house and the lights are completely out and it's pitch black and, and may, maybe it was bright and then and the lights went out and you literally can't see nothing and you're trying to feel around, but what happens? Usually your, your shins have a, a magical ability to find things, don't they? Right? You know, you, your shins have a real skill to hit the coffee tables and the end tables and anything else, Right? And, and when, you're, when you're in the dark, you're, you're, you're sort of trying to find your way around, hurting yourself, injuring yourself, bumping along, stumbling, knocking things over. And that is the world that we live in right now. That is the reality of the world that we face. It's stumbling. You look all around, you see that. They're confused. They don't know which way to go. They're, they, 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 they're really, you know, we're, we're designed to live with conviction. So people have this desire to just give themselves heart and soul to things, but their heart and soul in the wrong direction. 
Right? They sell out for it. They give everything for it. They, they're willing to take persecution for it because they, they, they want the truth. They want what's right. They want to go after things that are right. But I'm telling you what, the, the enemy has clouded them. The enemy has lied to them. The enemy has kept them in darkness. But we have a privilege and we have an opportunity to be the light that God has called us to be. Right? You know, one of the ways, one of the ways that the, the enemy has or the culture has lied to us and has caused the light of the church to stay dim and ineffective is the concept of separation of church and state, right? Which is, which is fueled by, you know, this overall concept that, hey, why don't you keep your religion on Sunday? You know, hey, that's cool. You want to do your Jesus thing, your Bible thing, whatever, you know. Uh, Just keep that on Sunday. Don't take that to the workplace. Don't try to bring that into your school. Don't try to bring that into your neighborhood. Don't try to bring that onto your social media. You just keep that, you know, at home. And this whole separation of church and state, which if you do any history, is a lie when it comes to American history, right? The reason why uh, the... Part of the founding right of this great nation came out of an oppressive, tyrannical government that was suppressing the church, that was trying to control people's worship, dictate to you and me how we could worship God, right? And when we founded America, we founded it so that the government could never again control the church. The, the goal is the separation so that the church doesn't, me- or the, the government doesn't mess with the church, but the church is always supposed to be influencing the government, right? You know, there's, there's so much proof of that in our founding documents, our founding fathers, the, the establishment of the Constitution. Uh, maybe some of you guys have heard this, but in some of those beginning seasons, uh, you know, the, as, as lawmakers were gathering to write and to develop and to create, they would have a pastor come in and preach from God's word, and then they would create based on that type of, based out of the word of God. So Congress would begin with those types of moments. The lawmakers would gather, right? That America was founded on biblical principles. And, and what would be a really great way to destroy a nation to start getting all the Christians to believe that they should keep their Christianity out of their everyday life, right? To hide their light, to shield their light, to be quiet about their light. To get phrases common in Christian culture, like, hey, you know what? My relationship with God is just personal. Just personal, you know? Just between me and God. I'm not really trying to push it on anybody, right? Like, that, that kind of ideology, right? That kind of mindset allows other people that God has positioned you to be the light for them, that all of a sudden, man, the, the people that are supposed to be you're supposed to be illuminating the path for them. Now they're confused and they, they can't find a way home, but you're keeping your faith personal? I don't think so. This is not the faith that Jesus called us to, right? This is not how we were designed. Our faith in everyday life. So politics is obviously a part of that, but every area of your life should be infused with your faith. And don't allow a lying culture to try to get you to think the goal of, let's say, education or politics or any public sphere, that, hey, if we just get religion out, let's just make it neutral. Guess what? There's no such thing as that. 
right? When they kick the Bible out, when they kick God out of those spheres, they're bringing a secular, anti-God, atheistic type of perverted agenda. And every time that they remove God, they're not removing it with nothing. They're removing it with an antichrist spirit, right? So there is no such thing as being neutral in your faith. There is no non-religion. They might like to say that, but atheists are some of the most zealous <laughs> religious people I've ever met. The most aggressive. All the people say they don't want you to force a religion on you are not afraid to force their religion on you, right? So I will, um, I will. So when we, when, we as, when we as believers were called to infuse your faith in every part of your life, it's actually unnatural to disconnect your faith from parts of your life. Compartmentalizing your life like that is actually not healthy. It's not normal. Your, your faith life, God never said, I want you to be a Christian on Sunday from 10 to 1130. Some of y'all got nervous. I'm going to preach that long. You know what I mean? <laughs> wait, wait, 11.30? Someone said 11.15. So. <laughs> I just give myself a little room. Uh, um, the, God, God didn't call us to Christianity in a box, right? M my relationship with God should impact every sphere of my life. How I do business, if you're a business owner, it should impact your business, Right? Don't, don't believe any lie that's like, well, you know, hey, business is business. It's just different than church. You just don't quite understand. Like, don't buy into that kind of lie. As a business owner, you infuse the word of God. You infuse your faith into every part of your business, right? Man, we have, we have such an opportunity and a privilege to actually be the light in the world. And you know what? One of the biggest areas that every single one of us engage in almost every single day and interact with a ton of people doing it, it's our work. So how great of the enemy to get people to think they should be quiet at work, that they shouldn't let their light shine at work. Well, you know, hey, I, I, yeah, I don't want to impose. I don't want people to know. I, I'm just kind of keeping that a secret. Why? Why would you leave people in confusion? Why, why would you allow them to be stumbling in the dark, slamming their shins on things? Now, does that mean you stand up, you know, at lunch break, start waving Bibles at people? And I mean, I mean, let me know if that works. Uh, but I'm going to talk a little bit about kind of what that means. Uh, but the, the Bible and the gospel is never meant to stay inside this building. And that's one of the things that you're going to find as, as a cultural passion in Awakened Church is that we're not content with just having a good, you know, meet and greet on Sundays. We're not content with just having a nice sing-along karaoke on Sundays. We're not content with just a nice little message that we all kind of feel good and we all go out and live the rest of our lives disconnected from our faith. The gospel was designed to break out of this building and get into the streets so that people can find Christ, so that people can find hope, so people can find the way back home. Amen. 
The gospel was never meant to stay inside. Acts chapter 2 begins with that. This is the inception of the church. It says, when the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly, a sound of the, like a blowing violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Now they were staying in Jerusalem, God-fearing Jews from every nation under heaven. Uh, notice how strategic God is with the outpouring of his spirit. When they heard this sound, a crowd came together in bewilderment, bewilderment because each had heard their own language being spoken. So there's a supernatural event taking place. The power of the Holy Spirit falls. The disciples that, that have been gathering begin to speak in other languages, literally known languages. Sometimes when you speak in tongues, most of the time for me, I mean, maybe I'm speaking somebody else's language, I don't know, but when, when I'm speaking in tongues, it's an unknown tongue. It's between me and the Holy Spirit. And this moment, this first outpouring, they actually all begin to speak other known languages from every nation that was represented there, right? So they go, man, we hear this in our own language. Utterly amazed, they asked, aren't all these who are speaking Galileans? Then how is it that each of us hears them in our native language, right? They began to speak because God, God strategically centers this outpouring, this supernatural power movement where literally this building shakes, the, the, there's this you know, hurricane type of uh, you know, noise happening where everyone is running to figure out what goes on and all of a sudden the disciples are beginning to prophesy or speak in tongues that they don't even know the mysteries of God. They're beginning to reveal the gospel to every nation on earth that's represented by everyone gathering in there. Well, then guess what happened? They all went home. They all went home. How do you think the gospel, one of the epicenters of how the gospel spread was the power of the Holy Spirit came. They all prophesied in all these languages that were represented. Then they went back to their home and they began to preach the gospel. They began to let the light shine, began to let the gospel get out. So we preach in here and we worship in here and we get filled with the Holy Spirit in here with the power of God moves in here. But guess what? It's not supposed to stay here. It's supposed to get out there, amen? We're supposed to release the power of God into the city, into the streets. Come on, amen. Let's talk a little bit about unleashing your light. Unleashing your light. What, what does that look like? Here's what I, I would say. There's a lot of things I could say around it, but practically unleashing your light is really about letting the light of truth out of your life. Letting the truth out. Psalm 119, 105 says, your word is a lamp for my feet and it's a light for my path. Your word's a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. Well, one of the biggest things, ways that we allow light, truth and light are synonymous in the Bible and and if we're, if we're gonna let our light shine, then we allow the truth of God's word to be released from our life. And when we, when we bring truth to the table, we actually illuminate the path that people are trying to find. The reason why people are so confused and so distorted and so off track is because they cannot find the path. They can't find the path on gender. They can't find the path on faith. They can't find the path on family. They can't find the path on racial unity. They can't find, nobody can find the path. Nobody can find the path because there's a void of truth, right? The greatest, 
the greatest deficit, the greatest shortage we have had in this last year or so is truth. It's the greatest deficit, greater than the toilet paper shortage of 2020. <laughs> Although I was thinking about it, I found this epic photo of, of uh, my daughter and I after the, the, um, you know, the shortage had first come in and we're like, how many were like me? Like, cause I, I, I try not to be too worked up about all the culture stuff. So I was like, oh, I'm good. You know what I mean? Like, I don't need to rush out and get no toilet paper. Come on guys. We're all right. We're all right. And then that supply gets lower and lower. And you know, you're at Target or wherever you're shopping casually, you kind of scan the toilet paper aisle to see if there's any there and it's empty still. And you're like, ah, that's cool. And then, not even Amazon can supply it anymore. And you're just like, no, we're fine. We're good though. No, God's with us. You know what I mean? So no lack, no lack. We're good. And, um, and, but it just kind of keeps getting more and more dangerous. And finally it got to a place where it's like, it's time to go hunting. Okay. Cause I got to find me some toilet paper. It's about to get serious, you know? And uh, so my daughter and I got out and we scored some and sent this picture back to my wife as we were on our way home. So <laughs> we, yeah, don't worry, we ripped that, we ripped that. So just, that was just probably excitement. I was probably like, don't rip it, I wanna take a photo, and it was too late, you know. How many know you can't help but not rip those? You know what I mean? Like, you just, they're designed, especially for kids to run your finger through the plastic, um, whether you're buying it or not at the store. And, uh, and, but anyway, so you can take that down. Greater than the toilet paper shortage of 2020 is a shortage of truth. And I would say it's both a shortage of people who know the truth and a shortage of those willing to say it. Right. And, and sadly, I would say um, the latter is the biggest issue is those who know it but are unwilling to say it. And that's a problem. We, we need to get some courage back. Truth is the only hope for a broken world. Truth is the only hope for, a, for the chaos that the world is experiencing. We've got to bring the truth of God's word back. John eight thirty two says, you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free, right? Lies, lies hold power over you, but they give, you no, they give no power to you, okay? The, the lie holds power, it does not give power. Only truth gives power. Only truth has the ability to empower you to be free, to empower you to thrive, to empower you to have peace, to empower you to have life. Only truth has the ability to do that. And we have to be committed to being a dispenser of truth whenever we have an opportunity to do it. I'm gonna show you a couple of my Instagram posts. I don't necessarily think you should post like me all the time. If you follow me on Instagram, you might know why I'm saying that. Um, but I, I want you to commit today to not withhold the truth when you have an opportunity to. To not go along with a lie. One of the best ways, and that's why as Awaken, we have been committed to not coming into agreement with the lies of culture on whatever the topic is. We may not always be able to change something right away like we want, right? I know y'all have been living free, mask-free for a while. Come on, go, you, go Utah. <laughs> California. Other Californians have been living with masks on, but not Awaken. So basically, <laughs> Awaken's basically been living as if it's all, <laughs> 
it's been over since it started. And, uh, right? And we, um, but the biggest thing to me when I would go into a store and they'd, you know, I'd never walk into a store with a mask on um, ever. And I would have it because I, I knew most of the time they're going to ask me to put it on. But I, I always, you know, object to it and basically explain why with as much grace as I possibly could, unless they were complete tools. Um, and I, I would try to, I would resist it, bring the truth to it. And then I would, you know, okay, I'll, I'll put it on as long as we both know this doesn't work. And, uh, and, and what I would do with that is the thing to me is there may be times where I have to do something I don't want to do, but I will never willingly comply with a lie, right? I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. And you want to take that truth to every part of your life. Don't come into agreement with lies about your family, about your marriage, about your kids, about your finances, right? About what the, about what the, the culture is talking about when it comes to everything under the sun, right? From gender issues to, you know, being anti-marriage and anti-fathers and anti-everything. Um, don't come into agreement with that. You don't have to fight every time somebody brings up something you disagree with, but do not agree with it. The simple act of them knowing that there's somebody out there that actually hasn't bought into the lie, that's a little bit of light getting out, right? That's a little bit of truth getting out. Let, let me show you a couple of my posts here. These are the types of things that I'm saying truth is for. And this is, this is a great uh, thing to remember when people don't get it. Truth is, a, is like a foreign language to people. That, that's why you have to keep speaking it until they understand it. So it'll be like a, a child. They don't understand you when you're first talking to them. And they don't speak back to you when you're first talking to them. It takes a while for them to learn the language. Truth is a language this culture has no concept of. So when you speak truth, they hear it as gibberish. It doesn't make sense to them, but that doesn't mean you stop talking. You wouldn't stop talking to your two-month-old because they, well, I don't speak English yet. You know, no, you keep talking. You keep talking, right, until they start echoing you. They start repeating what you're saying. They start mimicking you, and pretty soon they full-on can have a conversation with you. Our culture right now is in that situation. Keep speaking truth. Keep letting the light of truth out into the culture that we live in. All right, let's, let's see here. Uh, this is very California, but also generally applies. As you can see, I like to be gentle. Um, let's go to the next one. Love doesn't always equal approval, right? This is a big one when you're trying to speak truth. People go, well, that's harsh, that's mean, that's evil, that's whatever. I don't have to agree with your sin to love you. How many know that you can love people in their dysfunction? You can love people, but loving them doesn't mean I agree with them. When I agree with them, I, I give permission for the lie to grow in their life, the stronghold to get sincere, right? So let's say I was talking to somebody just the other day who um, from the, the Seattle area that I, I had been, they'd been in our church years back and uh, one of their, their son, it's to come, complicated situation, stepmoms and not living at home and all this kind of stuff, finally comes out and tells his, his dad he's gay. And, um, and so 
they're like, okay, what do, what do we do? And I just say, hey, just love them, right? Nothing, nothing changes as a father to your kid, right? You love them. You just keep loving them. You keep pouring grace on them. You keep pouring love on them. But that kid's circle wants to force the parents to approve. And I say, just don't approve of it. You don't have to approve of it to love them, right? And that's with any sin any sin that goes against God's word, right? I can love people in their sin as long as I'm not approving of it because ultimately I wanna keep shining light to say, hey, maybe you don't wanna get on the path right now, but I just wanna remind you, here's the path. And whenever you're ready, here's the path. You know what I mean? Here's the path, right? All right, let's, let's go to another one. Yeah. Okay, next. That's another topic, but don't, don't buy into the, the racial division crap of our culture. It's really sad. Get good at being offended. This is a good one. <laughs> you're, if, you're easily, if you're easily offended as in it, it takes you out, that's not good. But get good at being offended in the sense that you welcome people challenging you. Okay, next. Right, I'm, I'm, just trying, I'm trying to bring some, some truth into the conversations. The nation's morality t- determines its stability. Next. How true is this, eh? We have such a culture that tries to perpetuate revenge, getting even, getting back, getting paid, all that. Next. Um, okay, you'll have to read that post. Next. <laughs> um, silence doesn't absolve you from guilt. This is an important one for us as believers. To know the truth and not say it, you're you're still guilty. (laughs) You're still guilty of silence because you've been put as a city on a hill. Stop pulling the shades down. Except for like when you're having church and we need ambiance, you know what I'm saying? But other than that, it's about spanking. Next one. I get a lot of hate when I talk about disciplining kids. That's interesting. And then we wonder why kids are off the rails. That's uh, interesting. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna end with I'll end with this one. I think uh, when you tell a generation they were created they weren't creating God's image, they allow Satan to form their them into his image. And um, I'm just this is kind of a collection of just different things. What, what am I trying to do? Just bring truth where there's confusion, right? I'm just trying to shine the light into a space where people are lost, they're confused, and they don't know what's happening, okay? Here's what I want to ask you guys to do. Stand with me for a minute. I want to ask you guys to commit, just by show of hands, that the next opportunity you get to either speak the truth or comply with a lie, that you will commit to speaking truth and standing for truth, even if it's uncomfortable and even if it's painful, that you're willing to commit to truth. How many of you say you'd be willing to do that? Cool, awesome. See, every hand raised is gonna represent a light in this city then because our city needs light. This city, Salt Lake City needs the light of Jesus Christ. It needs to know where the path is. There's a lot of paths out there right now. It needs to know the path. And how many know that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life? Nobody comes to the Father except through Jesus. 
I want to pray for uh, a couple things. First of all, I want to just pray for, for courage. How many would, if you're honest, you'd just say, man, I, this whole season and everything you're talking about, you may even get like anxiety a little bit hearing me talk about having to speak truth because there's so much fear attached to it because of uncertainty of how people are going to respond, uh, what could happen, backlash, all that kind of a deal. Um, and you just say, man, help me just pray pray for this. I, I want to get the spirit of fear off my life and off my situation. If that's you, just go and lift up your hand. Awesome, great. See, the Bible says God hasn't given us a spirit of fear. So if that fear, you know that's not from God, right? We, we just know that's not from God. And so we're gonna just pray for God to come in and replace that with his spirit, the sound mind, right? Gonna replace that with courage and strength to speak truth, to lead with truth, to not withhold what needs to be said, what needs to be said. Father, I thank you, Lord, right now for every hand lifted. Everybody's saying, come on, that's me. I want to I want to walk in boldness. I want to walk in courage. I want to walk in that strength. Actually, I want to pray with you guys. You guys mind make your way out of your seat and come forward? Can we do that? Or how's our time frame? We all right with that? Okay. If you raise your hand, why don't you just come to the front? I just want to pray with you guys and just pray against the spirit of fear. Just release this off your life. lift up your hands just get ready to receive make some room people trying to come down one of the biggest tactics the enemy has tried to use in this last season is fear hasn't it try to get us into fear getting us out of faith getting our eyes off of Jesus onto circumstances okay almost everybody's down here good push all the way through and then just lift up your hands thank you Holy Spirit thank you Holy Spirit thank you Lord that you haven't given us a spirit of fear you haven't given us a spirit of fear but of power love and a sound mind a sound mind God I thank you Lord that your spirit has come to give us boldness to give us courage to give us faith to stir our hearts to step into your purpose and your calling Thank you, Lord, for that in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. I want everyone down here that's reaching out for this. I want you to just repeat this after me. Just say, Heavenly Father, thank you that you've given me your spirit and not a spirit of fear, but a spirit of power, love, and a sound mind. In the name of Jesus, I command the spirit of fear to leave my life, to break off my family, to get off my mind, to get out of my home, get off my business, and leave this city in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Just keep your, keep your hands lifted. Let me just pray for you. Father, in the name of Jesus, I bind and I break every spirit of fear, 
every lie of the enemy right now that has been whispered into their ear about the season, about finances, maybe about trying to come back from business losses, maybe trying to deal with family circumstances, dealing with their thoughts, dealing with addictions, dealing with mental or emotional health, dealing with just fear of speaking the truth. God, I thank you, Lord, right now in the name of Jesus. I come against that and we just declare the spirit of God right now the spirit of the living God would begin to flow, would begin to break every chain, would begin to release you into the purpose that you have. They would begin to bring clarity to your mind. I see God doing that. He's bringing clarity to your mind right now. That spirit of fear brings confusion, brings uncertainty. But right now in the name of Jesus, we break off that fear. We declare the spirit of the living God. We declare life. We declare freedom. We declare wholeness in the name of Jesus. Declare the touch of heaven. I thank you, Lord. No fear. No fear is going to hold you back. No fear is going to rob you of your purpose and your destiny in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Come on, all those who are free, give God a big shout of praise. Amen. I know God is just beginning to minister to your life to find new courage, new hope. And I see homes different. And men, I just want to encourage you, when you step into your home today after church, I want you to take authority, right? And you declare any spirit of fear to leave your home in the name of Jesus. You have been given heaven's jurisdiction and authority over any principality and power. You own that. You live in that. You rent that. Wherever you're at, in the name of Jesus, you command that spirit of fear to leave. Man, if your wife or your kids or yourself have been having nightmares and night terrors and you can't sleep and it just feels like crazy tension in the home, don't just look for a sleeping pill. Right? There could be the enemy trying to mess with you, but you have the authority in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. I'm just going to ask one more thing, and then I'm going to turn it over to Pastor Matt. Would you, uh, just everybody's head bowed and eyes closed, because I want to ask you guys a question. I said before, your faith isn't just between you and God. It needs to go public, but it starts between you and God. So this is why I want you to just have a moment of self-reflection. The question is, where are you at in your relationship with God? Have you given your life to Jesus? See, God sent his son, his only son, to die on the cross, to pay the debt of the sin that you and me owe. And that sin had separated us from God, but only his perfect son, his sacrificial son, had the ability to come down and stand in the gap, pay for the sin that you and me owed. Eliminate the gap that had kept us between us and God. See, because our heavenly father never designed us in mind with separation, always to be close to him, always to be near him. And that's why at the right time he sent Jesus. Jesus to come, die on the cross, live the perfect life, be that lamb that would take away the sin of the world. And here's what you and me have to do. If we want to be right with God again, we don't have to try to be a good person. We don't have to do all the religious formalities. We don't have to hope our, our rights outweigh our wrongs at the end of the day. We just need to put our faith in Jesus. The Bible says that our job is to believe, 
That's our responsibility to believe in Jesus, to put our faith in him. And when you put your faith in Jesus as your Lord and as your Savior, he comes in, he forgives you of all your sin, he makes you right with God again. The Bible says that the blood of Jesus brings us close again, brings us close to him again. So around the room with heads bowed and eyes closed. On the count of three, I'm just gonna have you boldly lift up your hand right where you are. Let me know who I'm praying with. I wanna pray a simple but powerful prayer to make Jesus the leader and the Lord of your life, to make him the savior that your soul needs. On the count of three, I want you to boldly lift up your hand and say, that's me, pray with me. I need to get my life right with God. I know I'm distant. I know I'm away. I know I've been trying to do, you know, religion of my own strength, but not anymore. It's time to surrender my life and follow Jesus. On the count of three, if that's you, lift up your hand. One, two, three. Just lift up your hand. Awesome. Around the room. Great. So good. Proud of you guys. Awesome. Anybody else? I see your hands all over the place here. Front to back. So good. This is amazing. Proud of you guys. Keep your hands lifted up. Anybody else? Just say, that's me. ask you to do. I, I know I'm, I literally am going to 1130. Sorry about that. That's what happens when you prophesy stuff. Might be the last time I get to preach here. But uh, Here's what I want to do. Those of you guys who raise your hand, I'm so proud of you guys. But I just want to get a chance, us and our team, we want to be able to pray with you. We've got a gift we want to give you. We want to make sure that you're, you're starting off this track in your relationship with God, with people that are surrounding you, know you. So if you raise your hand, you're about to, could you make your way? Either uh, some of you are down front, just come right here in the front. We're going to create a little space, a little gap up front. I want to shake your hand. Or if you're in your seat, would you make your way forward right now? Awesome. Great. Come right down here to the front. Awesome. You can just face me. Awesome. That's so good. Proud of you guys. Anybody else to say that's me? Proud of you, man. Awesome. Come on, you raise your hand. You're in your seat. Make your way forward. This is an awesome day. We're here to cheer you on. We're celebrating you. We love you. You're amazing. Come on, help me. Help her get through. Proud of you guys. Anybody else? Oh, you can stay up here. You can stay right here. Yeah, just stay right here. We're just going to pray together, and then I'll let you go back to your seats. There's a team that are going to be behind you. we got a Bible we want to get you. Make sure you have it or download the app, however you like to read the Bible. And then we got a book called Following Jesus that's going to give you just the essentials to get your life on track with God because we don't want you to kind of be on your own trying to figure this thing out. you got a church family. We love you. We're for you and not against you. Amen? Awesome. Anybody else before I kind of end this, I want to make sure everyone got a chance to come forward here. And even if you didn't come forward, hey, we love you. Make sure you come up, grab a Bible as well. But this is powerful. This is a great step for you guys. I'm so proud of you guys for coming forward. This is massive. This is massive. Okay? So here's what we're going to do. We're all going to pray this prayer. You guys up here, I want you to repeat this after me, but everyone in the room, we're going to pray along with you, okay? So let's pray this with courage and conviction because God's healing you. He's forgiving you. He's setting you free, getting you on the right track. Amen? So everyone will pray this, and especially you guys in the front. Say, Heavenly Father, thank you for sending your son Jesus to die on the cross for my sin and raising him from the dead to give me life. Holy Spirit, fill me up. Empower me to live for you. 
from this moment on, I'll never be the same again. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Amen. Come on. Thanks for listening. To find out more about our locations, team, and what we do here at Awakened Church, go to awakenedchurch.com.